Welcome to the new Cyber Frontier, bringing you the latest news and initiatives that focus on the development of cybersecurity economics. You don't have to be a computer or cybersecurity expert to get plugged in. Your host brings it straightforward, asks the tough questions, and brings the cyber world to a level of understanding for everyone. You can find us on the web at www.newcyberfrontier.com. Now join our host as he introduces the topic for today's New Cyber Frontier. Welcome to New Cyber Frontier. I'm your host, Timothy Montgomery, and today we have Kim William Corona. Caroma. Actually, we might want to cut it. It's Tina. Tina. Sorry. Oh, my bad. Ah. That's okay. Yeah, no doubt. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Okay. (laughs) Let's do this again. I don't know where my head is going now. All right. All right. So, ah, welcome to another show for uh, New Cyber Frontier. I'm your host, Timothy Montgomery. And today I have with me a lovely host named Tina Williams Caroma. Caroma. Ah, I got it. Yes. I always seem to be bad with names, and I think most people are going to realize that as I do these things more and more. So I apologize up front. Uh, no worries. Anyways, so it, how are you doing today? I mean, uh, I am. Yeah, I, I'm doing pretty good. I, I read good. a little bit about you, and uh, it sounds like you're just kind of doing all kinds of things and uh, just out there. And it looks like you won a couple of awards there, and you're a couple of different adventures. But the one that comes to mind is Cyber Skills or Sci Skills, I guess that's the the, the pronunciation there. Um, in education, yeah. primarily, it looks like your backgrounds in training and and doing uh, world actually connecting to businesses and being able to support their needs to get into compliances. I saw that CMMC in there. That seems mm-hmm. to be like it's going to be coming big here in a, in just a, a short while as the uh, DOD or the the military or or, or government in general uh, is mm-hmm. going to decide to enforce it as we go along. So that'll be very interesting. I'm very uh, I've got some auditing in my background as well, and um, I'm just interested to see how it's going to start out. I think uh, we're going to have a hard time with that, in my opinion. But anyway, I digress. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we're here to talk about you more. Um, so yeah. today we got some interesting topics, and we're going to talk a lot about cybersecurity in the business arena and and some of the um, management security through changes. Um, what are the other some of the other topics? I think is more or less. Uh, you know, facts about uh, some of the changes of systems and environments. And what else you got here for me? And managing third-party risk. I like those topics a lot. Yeah. So if we can get that far in this, uh, <laughs> nine times out of ten, we will talk so far that uh, it'll be all this. Anyway, Tina, yes. um, if that's a good enough introduction from you, or or would you like to introduce yourself a little further of some kind? Um, yeah. Be okay with me right now. So, um yeah, I think um, I think I think you nailed most of it. Uh, you know, I've been in the cyber field for about 19 years now. I uh, started out very technical as a software developer, uh, made a quick uh, uh, pivot to uh, network security and computer forensics and um, yeah, managing security projects. So, yeah, I've been in the field, kind of had my toe in uh, various parts of the cyber waters uh, for some time. So I think it's a very captivating field and certainly a lot of directions you can go uh, within the field. So I'm really happy to be here chatting with you about it uh, today. Yeah. Lots of, lots of interesting things happening these days, isn't it? In the cyber field, lots of uh, Mm -hmm. craziness out there and lots of things to look forward to solving. (laughs) For the most part, right? So um, a lot of your training in, uh, and kind of some of the things it looks like you set up as business is uh, more educating the, uh, the the business part of this uh, as far as cybersecurity (laughs) goes. So, 
I mean, your type of customer, what do you kind of see a lot of these days and in, in, uh, how do you build your curriculum to that stuff? So, I mean, what's the, what's yeah. the logic behind there? Yeah, so, you know, really with um, SciSkills, the, the platform, it's really focused on increasing the cyber acumen of non-tech and non-cyber professionals yeah. uh, for a portion of our um, courses. And so, you know, with that, there was uh, the whole Solarium project uh, that um, came out um, uh, largely last year. Um, and some of the findings within that Solarium report uh, for cybersecurity is that the cyber acumen of just the, the average U.S. citizen uh, needs to be increased, right? Like yeah. cyber is a part of our everyday lives. And yeah. that's most certainly the case with business, you know, so whether you have uh, human resources professionals that need to be recruiting for cyber um, uh, individuals, I, I saw like a little um, kind of like a comic strip um, um, uh one time and basically it was uh saying that a recruiter was requiring seven years of experience for like this cyber technology that had only been in existence for like three years yeah right and it's just like yeah you know, so it's kind of like i mean it's Catch like 22. you know you, right you kind of laugh at it but yeah. it's just like oh my gosh like yeah. you know it, it's not that you're expecting the human resources professional to be on top of every kind of you know cyber technology or tool necessarily, but it also like represents a disconnect between those, you know, who are in position to identify the right or best candidates um, and uh, like what their real requirements are. Um, and, you know, there's already challenges enough with like a shortage of cyber professionals, you know, not to add on to it, having individuals that are in place to do the screening and, and the hiring that don't really understand enough to identify when they have a great candidate in front of them or not. That's right. Um, so so that's where, you know, site skills is really just kind of looking at some of the different business professions and uh, identifying where cyber is relevant to those professions, even if they aren't cyber specific professions. They're ones that need to have a certain level of acumen about cybersecurity terminology, what it deals with, um, you know, roles and titles and work functions, things like that. Yeah, that certainly is a need for that. So. Tina, we're going to take a break and uh, we'll be right back uh, after hearing a message from our sponsors. BlockFrame technology offers next generation blockchain managed trust and security. Unique non-fungible tokens are used to secure software bills of materials to provide data quality and security for every transaction in your supply chain. Deploy advanced peer-to-peer -peer product security, scale zero trust capability to millions of IoT devices, allow vendor tracking and accountability, and rapidly reset from compromise. Unchangeable, time-sequenced blockchain data provides next-generation security using machine learning trust algorithms and audit analytics. Start securing your supply chain today by contacting BlockFrame at www.blockframetech.com. We're back with uh, New Cyber Frontier. I'm your host, Tim Montgomery. I'm here with Tina, and she is actually, you're the president of, of, uh, of this uh, psych skill, right? So it's, it's actually a business, and we were talking before the break about some of the things that, uh, where your customer base set, and kind of just how that curriculum fits in with uh, what do you think, you know, as, as some of the things in the field seem to mature more and more in the cybersecurity field, the professionals and some of the things where we launch out um, as, as our own, as, as professionals to the cybersecurity uh, community and see where some of the uh, gaps are and some of the things where we need to teach and 
train and things like that. It sounds like you got a pretty good foot on or a foothold on on organizations and kind of where the perspective the need is, right? So the business right. in general uh, seems to be evolving into uh, cybersecurity and the training mechanism that we would deploy uh, and starting to kind of uh, trend a merger of some kind. I noticed that in you at UCCS uh, that they had set up a new program for an executive master's of business administration, and it was focused in cybersecurity. And I also, uh, because I do, I am an adjunct for uh, Grand Canyon University. They actually started incorporating an emphasis in their business programs there as well. And that's out of Arizona. Um, <clears throat> but it sounds like you've already got the, the edge on it and push them forward and kind of know where we're going uh, as far as uh, different practicalities, different things you would want to teach um, a little bit about the CMMC there I saw and uh, just cyber one-on-one in general. And I think that's a good, um, when we're talking about insider threat, we talked about a couple of other factors in there. Um, so, I mean, just the elements that I think inside of a corporation and organization, those are the basics I think they should be teaching on an annual basis. So, I mean, it sounds like you you could fit right in with those types of groups and, and, and be able to give that education on a daily basis, even as a third party entity, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's uh, education is something that's very, uh, you know, close and core for me. We work uh, very closely with academic institutions and, uh, you know, a lot of the academic institutions are also at a place where they are looking at their curriculum to see how relevant and germane it is for preparing uh, professionals um, to enter the cyber field in a myriad of capacities. And just making sure that their curriculum and what they're teaching uh, is relevant for what uh, students need to have as they enter the workplace. So there's certainly great opportunity for industry and academia more broadly. And, uh, you know, certainly that's that's a part of the the vision and the type of relationships that uh, I like to cultivate uh, and and partner with academic institutions uh, just to be able to have that uh, be a trusted industry partner. Awesome. Um, whether it's training or formal education. Awesome. Yeah. And so this idea behind managing security through change, you know, it's only logical to put to, to, to make people knowledgeable about the uh, ongoing problems and persistent uh, attacks and all those different vulnerabilities coming in through everything. And, and then really weaving that into a daily conversation um, with those professionals that are already inside the company. But training is is a key major part, especially when we talk about insider threat or even even your basics behind phishing um, expeditions things like that where you're looking at email and the email pops up with a link and the link you click on the link and then it seems like you just gave away everything you know blew away the house right um so and it seems just horrific and which it could be catastrophic a lot of times that's that's how a lot of the uh threat gets in gets inside so um that's right yeah so it it's amazing to me I think these days that how much that we're starting to see cybersecurity in general be deployed and how the interest is, is perking. And uh, I, I, I see a lot more jobs. I see a lot more companies um, coming yes. up and asking for professionals that have got experience. So, I mean, it, it's becoming more valid, more preferable. They're acknowledging it more. We're starting to see a trend for budget for it, things of that thing. Yes. So, I mean, what do you what do you see on the forefront for the next five to ten years coming at us for as a cybersecurity professional? Yeah, you know, um, 
the the interesting thing that I always note is that um, sometimes when we have these compromises that we read about in the news, uh, it can give the impression that there are all of these Einstein hackers running around. And the reality is that organizations, unfortunately, just aren't taking care of some of the lower hanging fruit or basic cyber hygiene, as it's called. Yeah. Right. And um, some of the reasons they aren't making some of the updates in a timely manner is because there's always this question around, well, what's going to be the functional impact? What's going to break on my system if I make that security update? Right. And, and it's a fair question. Sure. Um, but I think increasingly, uh, there's a recognition that just because you're humming along and working functionally in the short term, uh, it's a big risk to assume that you can just ignore uh, security uh, for and security updates uh, and changes and configurations for long periods of time and not pay a price for it. Um, so, you know, 80% of security breaches um, are due to misconfigured or unpatched systems, right? Yeah. And um, the average cost of a breach in the U.S. is about $3.9 million for, for organizations, U.S. organizations. So that's a pretty, yeah. you know, steep amount. And that amount can go up quite a bit the larger the organization, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, and then all the individuals yeah. and everything else that compresses into that factor. Oh. That's right. And small businesses where reputation is everything, right? Like a, a lot of small businesses, they just don't recover um, with between the cost and the reputational cost, the financial and the reputational cost. A lot of small businesses don't recover and small businesses constitute such a, a large and significant portion of the, the U.S. GDP, right? Like so yeah. small business isn't insignificant. So I think over the you know next five, 10 years, um, what I'm hoping to see and, and the type of ventures that I'm I'm working on. Uh, are those that would um, position uh, the U.S. and organizations here uh, to be able to um, pay attention to the lower hanging fruit, uh, to the non-sexier stuff, yeah. um, but the, the nonetheless necessary and vital uh, things. Uh, I, I'd hope to see a trend towards that because we have all of these really exciting kind of tools and you know, uh, exciting disciplines, threat hunting. I mean, that sounds so much better than, you know, like solid patch management, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it sounds like, <laughs> oh, make the, make you know, it sound cool. Right. So that's yeah, super yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's, it's definitely a great, uh, discipline, you know, threat hunting and the like, uh, but you know, it's, it's important that we don't get beyond, um, seeing and recognizing that some of the basic, mundane type of activities uh, that need to be undertaken from a cyber perspective yeah. um, can't be overlooked. So I, yeah. I, I'm hoping that, you know, maybe we'll find some way to make some of the mundane stuff. We can rebrand it. So it sounds like more yeah. engaging, but um, yeah, Thrilling I would to hope to. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, cyber police. Um, talking about cyber. Yeah, yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, yeah. There's all kinds yeah. of words. Yeah, so, the hacker stoppers yeah, or whatever, yeah, you know, yeah, so, exactly. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I usually get, um when I, when I, my students come in, I think we all, the jazz ends up being, and there's always catchphrases here, but hacker always comes to mind. And every time we get into the cybersecurity, the first thing we chat about in the first couple of classes is mm -hmm. being a hacker. And, um, right. you know, how did they mm -hmm. get in? And can you tell me how to yep. do that? 
And yeah. first off, we have to go through the uh, ethical questions. And uh, right. a lot of times I got to establish that before I uh, right. exactly. go any further about discussing something. And of course, we get into <laughs> the whole black hat and the white hat idea and yeah. where the gray areas are. And so there's mm-hmm. philosophical questions in there when you start talking. Yes. So, so uh, go ahead. No, I was I was in um, absolute agreement. There are a lot of physical um, philosophical questions. And I remember talking to a group of, uh, you know, younger students, middle school, high school. And, you know, one young man was like, um, well, if I do this uh, kind of DDoS thing, because the gaming uh, provider that I'm working with isn't responding to me quick enough. Could I go to jail for that? You know, <laughs> it's like, are you asking me after you've like, done it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm like, yeah, Legal you know, advice? you should go right. Read the computer fraud and abuse act. Yeah. And, uh, you know, <laughs> education there. Right, scary, right. Right. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> straight. So yeah, usually yeah. that's the type of stuff I get as well. I don't, um, you know, the audience is always captivated by the idea of cyber and it's, it's a good buzzword. Um, but when it gets yes. down into it, when you do those controls and have to write to those controls, I think mm-hmm. there's where we get into that task that nobody sees that. Right. <laughs> and the debate that goes on about what the verbiage, how you wrote it, what you did. Yes. And just yes. really does that cover systems, minors and, and major changes in systems and things of that nature and whether or mm-hmm. not, you know, how impactful that could be uh, to yeah. everyday operations. Right. So, I mean, yeah. the fact that cybersecurity, uh, the elements that uh, that suffice within today's arena, I mean, I guess you could say, as far as systems goes, do you think that technically there's something that should be evolving, just besides the, the measure of, uh, of cyber by itself implying itself, mm-hmm. like an application mm-hmm. is developed and implied on a system, but the system itself, mm-hmm. uh, from a manufacturer's perspective, Mm-hmm. They should be doing things too. I mean, don't, don't you agree that's kind of where we should be going with such changes in systems? And when, when, when an organization goes out to buy that system, there should be some elements that are kind of built in. In other words, kind of thinking of yeah. cybersecurity or security from the get-go, from the beginning, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I think that's the, the notion of secure by design, right? And, yeah. and that's exactly it. And, you know, there was an IoT, Internet of Things, uh, bill that uh, passed, uh, I want to say earlier this year. Yeah, I think it's right. um, And yeah, and, you know, with the federal government, there's a requirement now that uh, certain IoT that gets purchased by, you know, the federal government has to have certain security um, uh, protections uh, already designed into it. Yeah. Right. Like, so I think NIST has been working on the requirements for IoT security components. And, you know, right. I, I, I think that um, while it might be for federal government now kind of laying down that that uh, hammer, um, I don't think it's going to be uh, too long before other industries and sectors, especially other critical infrastructure sectors, um, follow suit. When you think about what uh, IoT with all these sensors and, you know, where they're embedded, these embedded systems and the like what they have access to and what compromising them could the implications that could be had. It's one thing to lose data. It's another thing when like loss of life is yeah. uh, literally uh, a part of what could happen. You think of medical devices and, yeah, you know, if those get compromised, yeah. Like, you know, what, what those are responsible rates. for. 
things like that. Yeah. yeah. Heart rates and how much medicine to dispense or, yeah. you know, setting a pace, you know, for your heart and, yeah. you know, like those things getting compromised or hacked. It's like, it's right? not just a <laughs> yeah, life, life and death at the, you right. know, exactly. <laughs> on, on, on the, uh, yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. So, so yeah, I, I do. I, I definitely agree that, uh, you know, manufacturers, system developers, et cetera, um, increasingly, there needs to be just a part of that process where uh, uh, the design of security is baked in up front and then also just maintained uh, as the product uh, matures um, and, and needs to get updated while it's deployed in the marketplace. Yeah, I think there's been an uptick of that. I've, I've got uh, coworkers and uh, friends that are in the field of automations for uh, Toyota and, and different uh, manufacturers of the autom- automobiles. And the ongoing mm-hmm. measures of trying to um, come up with the automations and the autonomy of the car perspective mm-hmm. to become full autonomous, the they're they're adamant about uh, trying to get the uh, the restraints or or, or the risk down value wise uh, when mm-hmm. it comes to implementing and hardening specific systems. And these yes. days, a car when they're made is crazy. There's there's so much more computer technology and such a thing now than there ever has been yeah so yep so yep we're going to take a break right now and we'll come back in uh, with tina um so we're going to take a break and hear from our sponsors Blockframe technology offers next generation blockchain managed trust and security Unique non-fungible tokens are used to secure software bills of materials to provide data quality and security for every transaction in your supply chain. Deploy advanced peer-to-peer product security, scale zero trust capability to millions of IoT devices, allow vendor tracking and accountability, and rapidly reset from compromise. Unchangeable, time-sequenced blockchain data provides next-generation security using machine learning trust algorithms and audit analytics. Start securing your supply chain today by contacting BlockFrame at www.blockframetech.com. We're back. Uh, New Cyber Frontier. I'm your host, Timothy Montgomery. I'm here with Tina from uh, SciSkills. Yes, sir. And um, the... uh, fact that we were just talking about for the break was the implementations of specific hardening of new ideas entering into the the whole entire idea of networking components together devices and the, and the more we become dependent on it, especially when it comes to life um so concepts there are, are just it's riddling to me that uh over a period of time we don't seem to be jumping fast enough almost at some points um and then uh it it is almost belittling or bewildering, I guess you could say more, that that companies in general are, they just don't seem to either, they, they don't, either there's not funding for it or budget or something's going on here. I mean, as the market seems to, to get more and more serious about how cybersecurity should fit into the plan of, of, of managing a, a real organization. So, I mean, what are some of the things you see out there when you teach corporations, organizations, and training and stuff, and, and you get these questions. What kind of questions that come across to you that, that kind of says, okay, they, they're taking it serious or they're not taking it serious? What's going on here, right? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think this is where cyber um, and just the, the cost and, and budgeting uh, of cyber um, meet is at the question of, 
risk management, right? So it really becomes a question of, um, you know, this is what our budget is. What should we prioritize from a cyber perspective? Like what, what issues are the highest risk? So if we've got this set amount of money, like what should we be looking to address first yeah, the um, in, right. in order to mitigate risk? Right. Um, and then some of it is like, okay, well, we didn't really have a set aside cyber budget this year, but for next year, when we're planning, like how much of a budget, like how much money exactly should we be setting aside uh, for uh, a future year and being more proactive with uh, managing uh, a cybersecurity budget and changes and having money for that? And then the third um, you know, question is just really along the lines of, if this is where we are from a security or risk posture perspective, and this is where we want to be, how much does it cost to get us from where we are to where we want to be, right? Um, and and is, it, is that, is paying that amount of money, is that uh, commensurate with supporting our risk tolerance, our risk appetite, um, and like who we are known as or known for uh, as an organization? So, you know, I do feel like the questions are being asked and the best way in which, um, the questions are answered is certainly like in a risk-driven um, uh, approach because there's never an infinite budget, yeah. and security really is kind of that um, uh, like preventative measure. So it's yeah. not like a, a money maker for most organizations, unless your business is cyber, right? Yeah, if you come like yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so then it's just kind of like okay, mm. well, we've got a balance uh, both budget as well as like reputation and finance risk because you can't just ignore it, right? right? right. Um, and not everything, you know, I, I talk to students about the fact that you don't spend a million dollars to to protect a $5 asset. Right. So there really <laughs> needs to be, right, like yeah. an awareness of the business. And I think that's sometimes like where yeah. it, it is, it is right. like the mission of the organization. Like yeah. what, what is their, the what are their here? crown jewels? Yeah. It is. That's yeah. exactly it. Exactly it. So, because you might not make the same investment for protecting every part of your system or environment, mm -hmm. you make an investment based upon where the highest risk items are that if it were compromised would have the highest impact. So while you might spend, you know, a million dollars protecting this part of your networking system, you may only spend like a few thousand protecting this other, you know, part because like the, the impact um, of uh, the two could be just drastically different or the likelihood of, yeah. in, you know, being able to compromise. And either way, the, the, it makes the risk lower or higher and your investment should map. Uh, match to and be commensurate with uh, what the risk is. Do you see more a trend of people when they come in as a student, even if they haven't learned anything about cybersecurity, kind of knowing something about cybersecurity more in general from the previous uh, past history? Are they starting to um, see more of that in a public type thing common? Yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, there's what I see is that individuals know more than they think sometimes about cybersecurity. They're interacting with it regularly as we see like consumer type of applications and the like starting to incorporate yeah. um, security. They, but they wouldn't necessarily call it that, right? Like they know that, oh, all of a sudden for Facebook, 
I can set this thing up where I get not only enter my password, but I also can get this code to my phone that I enter in. Right. Or, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, so there, there are ways in which I think the general populace um, and even non-tech and non-cyber professionals are interacting with cybersecurity without necessarily recognizing or being able to articulate. yeah, Yeah. That it is cybersecurity. But then when you ask them questions around, they're like, Oh yeah. Oh, okay. So that, that's security, you know? So yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. 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 Well, um, I know most of the, um, when you talk about interacting in, in, uh, systems when it comes to organizations, um, usually the, I mentioned a little bit about in here about supply chain, CMMC, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and the new risk management framework have taken on a lot of that implementations of how the supply chain is going to impact those that have already maintained a posture. Um, and then mm-hmm. those that will eventually, uh, that have been doing business, need to bring that posture up some. So, mm-hmm. I mean, some of the allocations and things, and we're talking about risks that are at third parties, um, mm-hmm. the elements there are, are certainly something that needs to be taken serious. And I think what we're trending and seeing in the cybersecurity community is is definitely the next round of trying to secure that base. I remember, you know, lots of times when we would talk about regulations, um, we would get infrastructure. Uh, and so we would buy from vendors and the vendor uh, would give us something. However, they didn't, they didn't know what they were actually giving us and what we would find is vulnerabilities in there. And so we would go back to them and they didn't quite have anything to do. So you get into the whole, the vendors and manufacturers, Dell's, Dell's mm-hmm. definitely got a backlog of things and they, they actually did something about it and changed up mm-hmm. and had a federation and, and basically made it their own department when they're selling to, you know, different agencies mm-hmm. in the government. Um, and the mm-hmm. TAA, the idea behind a product that's in made in a certain place or if it's mm-hmm. a fake product, how authenticated or a genuine is it type of things. And that, right. that goes to license mm-hmm. volumes and things like that. So, I mean, do yep. you see big trends in them understanding, like businesses understanding in general? Do you teach a lot of that to, mm-hmm. to, uh, to your customer set? Yeah, yeah, that's, um, you know, for one of our customers, actually, we're uh, responsible for helping to um, bolster and secure their supply chain, right? Yeah. Like, so it's not just about the, the security of their systems, but it's about the security of the suppliers who they're sending data to, um, who are processing, storing, and transmitting some of that same sensitive data on their behalf. Yeah. So, it, you know, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, well, we can't just think about um, cybersecurity in terms of our uh, immediate boundary uh, of our systems and our environment, but we also have to consider that of our suppliers uh, because the data is going to them as well. So it matters the cybersecurity, you know, of of our customer suppliers. So you know, that's we we are doing some assistance there with um, you know some some customers is is helping them secure their supply chain. Um, and while CMMC right now is uh, squarely focused on and, and being driven uh, by uh, DOD, uh, I certainly um, uh, envision that other critical infrastructure sectors wouldn't be too far behind right. in following suit. You know, in fact, you know, I think in the energy sector, that's already the case, right? Uh, yeah. Because the, the question is, is exactly the same when you're thinking about protecting critical infrastructure and very sensitive um, data, be it, you know, government classified type data or you know, uh, uh, data related to maintaining uh, the critical infrastructure in the U.S., um, it, it's important that every um, 
uh, you know, link in the chain <laughs> uh, has a certain security posture. And, um, you know, sometimes identifying exactly who or what those components are in the chain is, is one of the challenges, right? Like, yeah. so, you know, there's your known supply chain uh, that you want to ensure is secure, but then you also want to understand that you are clear on all of the pieces and parts of your supply chain. Yeah. You know, there's nothing like having like a shadow, uh, you know, portion of the supply chain where it's just like, um, what's going on you there? Know, there's a gap. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I, because that that's a risk. Yeah, and I'm sure you there's know, surprises coming around the corner for individuals that haven't quite been paying attention and this starts to open yeah. doors and they start mm -hmm. to examine as they go down the lane. And it's supposed to help, um, you know, bring forward some of the areas that could be potentially high risk and right. something we haven't exactly. examined before and we didn't do a great detailing of, of such uh, vulnerability avenues or threat vectors. Mm -hmm. And so this is supposed to bring about, you know, some, some elements that will help support. In other words, it will stop way back before it gets to the front door, hopefully yep. before it manages to get right in the mix of things. And we're yep. in the middle of a $5 million contract and I've got yep. to get rid of the chassis because it came from somewhere yep. else it shouldn't have. And now they're yep. like, okay, we just spent $1.2 million on this thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now you're going to tell me we can't now? use it. Now? Yeah. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. Now you want to talk about it? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's just this craziness. Well, it was yeah. good chatting with you. And I think um, in summary here, I think most people understand it. the business is starting to trend in cybersecurity is starting to be a very comparable piece to business everyday tasking, right? Organizations yes. are starting to train and get pick up on this and starting to take it as a uh, value to protect yes. um, everything they do on a, a daily basis. You know, every organization yeah. is starting to see this from the very smallest to some of the major in some of the major organizations and things of that nature. So even, even yes. the agencies, the majority of agencies are starting to blend into that. And we even got countries starting to ask us, especially on the power grid there, utility there company so exactly well, yes thanks for coming tina and uh, is there anything Thank you'd you like to say to me. the audience before we go uh i would say check us out scyskills.com uh, for training uh we've got a great uh course uh coming up related to some uh more uh secure third generation uh, uh blockchain type of technology so uh stay tuned for those courses uh coming soon the philos marketplace and um, uh, block frame 101. Uh, so uh, check out SciSkills.com uh, in the coming uh, weeks and months. And um, uh, thank you for being an attentive audience. All right. So that's our show for today. Um, I hope everybody uh, got something out of the deal. I know I did. Um, and I'm your host, Tim Montgomery. And uh, well, until next session, we'll say goodbye. This is New Cyber Frontier. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of New Cyber Frontier. Remember to get involved. Often we think that someone else will handle privacy and security in the virtual world, but you are the only one truly in command of your virtual fate. Join our mailing list so we can keep you informed of breaking news and new releases. If you have an idea, if you have a question that you would like to hear answered, or if you want to get involved with our efforts, reach out to us at NewCyberFrontier.com. We also encourage you to visit our sponsors' links as they are the ones that really make this show possible. I want to thank each of you for supporting the show, and we look forward to seeing you back for the next episode of New Cyber Frontier. <laughs>